two men of color vanished after last being seen in the same deputy's patrol car. I knew something was wrong. The mother knows. It's the strangest case, the most unsettling case. Listen to The Last Ride podcast, part of the NPR Network. A new program brings hope to the homeless community. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, a book that shares the wisdom and insight of 50 Latina women from across the country. I hope that readers will take lessons from it and align it with their own journeys. And it's not just for Latina women. When people read it, there is a common thread for everyone. But first, as local governments in Sedgwick County work to address homelessness, a new city program is trying a different approach to the needs of the unhoused community. Kylie Cameron visited Project Hope's first outreach event to learn more. It's a cool spring morning, and HealthCorp's mobile clinic is set up in a parking lot at 2nd and St. Francis in downtown Wichita. The health clinic is providing care for the unhoused community that day, or whomever else shows up, in connection with Project Hope. I really uh, am loving this clinic because it gives me the opportunity to reach out and help people. That's Joseph Stroud, a nurse practitioner with Health Corps' mobile team. I grew up this kind of population, so it's really nice for me to be able to finally give back and then hopefully show people that you know you can break that cycle of poverty and things like that. Stroud is at the clinic with other medical and mental health providers for the day to serve as a one-stop shop for those experiencing homelessness. Project Hope is a federally funded program that aims to get providers to collaborate and work together to address crime and homelessness in the city's core area. Representatives like Brandy Niblett with the City of Wichita's Housing Department are also at the clinic to help get people connected to housing, if they're ready for that step. It takes a village. It does. It, it's not just one program, one person. The clinic that day was one of the first the city organized as part of that effort. According to Health Corps CEO Teresa Lovelady, the initiative will continue to evolve with the needs of the community. It's kind of new for us. It's new for the city. This is kind of a prototype. Throughout the morning, people trickle into the large mobile unit as people with the clinic visit homeless service providers to get those in need connected to health care. One woman named Debbie says she was at the Lord's Diner when she heard about the clinic. She decided to visit the mobile unit and got her COVID vaccine, a blood pressure check, and other services. Team members providing care that day say it's a way for them to work with the community and give back. Stroud says more health care providers for the unhoused community, like the ICT Street team and Health Corps, are needed. Because no matter how many people are out, how many days are out here, there's still a need that there's just no way to meet because the demand is just so great. According to Health Corps' Teresa Lovelady, at the next clinic in mid-May, they want to bring in more providers to meet the various needs of the unhoused community. If we can go out into a community and meet someone where they are and make their life a little bit better, then that's our personal, that's our responsibility. For Lovelady, the initiative is also a way to provide hope in the community. If you think about just hope, I mean, we, we all hope for a better life. We all hope for better things. And when I think about Project Hope, that's I think about that part of it. You know, we want to have faith in our systems that um, there are people out there that care about other people. For The Range, I'm Kylie Cameron. You can read more of Kylie's story on Project Hope at KMUW.org. 
Delia Garcia grew up watching her mother and grandmother run their family's Wichita restaurant, Connie's. Now, Garcia has written a book about what she learned from them and others called Latina Leadership Lessons, 50 Latinas Speak. For this month's In the Mix, Carla Eccles talked with Garcia about the book and how she decided who to include. I chose individuals that I have worked with, looked up to, learned from, and also mentees of my own. So there's 25 states represented, 50 women, three generations. Well, tell us about the Wichita women you included. So, of course, I have to start with my mother, Carmen Rosales. Growing up, seeing my mother run a business, Kansas's oldest family-owned Mexican restaurant, Connie's, and my grandmother, her mother, to have started that. Early on, I saw that possibility, and I uplift that. Also, Yolanda Camarena, who is a very dear, longtime family friend, as well as she gave me my first scholarship when I went to college at Wichita State University. And so she's always been another example of, I want to strive to do that. How do I turn around and give back to my community and uplift students? So in the book, Delia, you have top 10 leadership lessons from every single woman in the book that share their advice. Yeah, what was fascinating about this is the 50 women, most of them don't know each other, but they basically said the same thing, believing in yourself, the importance of self-care, self-love. A famous line in Spanish growing up was sana sana colita de rana, which means bring your health and value your health. And so it's things like that that resonate that I want to share. Like, these are the steps. It is not rocket science. And you get to see that advice from 50 women, a snapshot of what a national Latina leadership looks like. Now, a few years ago, you resigned as Kansas Secretary of Labor among a lot of challenges in the department. You now are working on the federal level in the Department of Labor. What is a career lesson that you've learned from that? Well, you know, I'm excited of all my experiences that have brought me to where I am today and where I continue to move. And I have grown up in the space of labor and now serving as administrator at the United States Department of Labor Women's Bureau I get that opportunity to how do we up with women workers and their families. For me, look, the bottom line is, is I grew up thinking life was linear, a straight line. What I now know and discovered with all my experiences is that life is actually curvy, just like me. And I'm embracing those curves in life, and I'm trying to invite others to join me as well. Love it. <laughs> you are absolutely right, you know, in terms of how life pans out, you know, and we just have to stay on the journey. Mm-hmm. What do you want readers to take away from this book? I hope that readers will take lessons from it and align it with their own journeys. And it's not just for Latina women. When people read it, there is a common thread for everyone. And Delia, we are coming up on Mother's Day. What was it about your mother's story that you felt had to be included? So without getting choked up, um, she's been my number one hero. And um, he's always demonstrated resilience and the power of prayer and love. That's been the number one lesson I've learned from her that I try to strive to do every day. Carla Eccles brings you thoughtful stories about race and culture every month on In the Mix. You can read more of this story at KMUW.org. One last thing. In 1923, my grandmother, Mae Conlon, became a live-in maid for the doctor in her small Irish town of Carrick-on-Shannon. She was 14. In addition to cooking, cleaning, and watching the children, 
She put on a white apron and served tea every afternoon to the doctor's wife and her friends. My grandmother saw no future for herself in Ireland, or for the family she might have one day. So she left for America. One hundred years after she went to work for that doctor, her great-granddaughter will become a physician. My daughter, Laura, graduates from the University of Kansas Medical School tomorrow. She followed a path laid out by her sister, Elena, who graduated from KU Med in 2019. To my grandmother, as they say in Ireland, Garevma Hagut, thank you. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Carly Cooper, Beth Goulet, and Jonathan Huber. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita.